wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. Uh, this is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm Minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the beautiful, well, the normally beautiful but the very cold winter at the present time uh, here in Adelaide. Uh, I'm also your drive time host every uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you once again. Uh, now, guys, love to have you uh, come and join with us. If you'd love to, to share a positive thought, uh, maybe comment uh, on one of the issues that we, we are discussing, if you just simply want to say to us, hey, hello, great to be able to touch base, you can actually do that by texting us. Now, our studio text number, and it does come straight into our studio here, uh, is uh, 0488-808-11, 0488-808-11. And of course, if you haven't yet downloaded the Faith FM Australia app, you have really missed something really fantastic. Uh, look, if you would like the Faith FM Australia app, uh, you can uh, uh, you can pick that up at your favourite app store. Just go search for Faith FM Australia. You've got to add the Australia, otherwise you get the American one and you want to hear Australian voices, not American voices. Now, guys, if you pick that up, uh, download that onto your phone uh, and then you can listen with perfect reception. We're a low power station, which means sometimes our, our reception isn't as good, isn't as high quality as what some of the big stations are. Uh, but if you download uh, the app onto your phone, you can have perfect reception continually and all the time. Uh, that's, a, that's a fantastic way to go. Now, look, guys, this week we are following the theme, uh, Elizabeth, Spiritual Lessons from a Contemporary Queen. And today we're looking at that issue, uh, how can the believer, or how did the queen lead with such respect? Uh, you know, this is something that today uh, leaders often tend to be looked down upon rather than respected, but how can the leader lead with respect? We're going to dig into that particular subject today. Now, today it's my very real privilege to have in the studio with me uh, Pastor David uh, David Butcher. David's also uh, a leader, and the good news is that David has just been reappointed as president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz. And welcome to you, David. How are you, Gary? And uh, it's really good to be joining you. I really treasure this time of the week and uh, also great to be able to chat to our listeners and hopefully they respond. And, and Gary, just before you ask any questions, uh, I'm the co-host, I'm just getting in early. Uh, I really want to affirm that Faith FM app. It's uh, fantastic. I know my wife will sometimes say, I was driving along and I heard this program and I had to get out to yeah. go to do a visit and I want to go back and find that program on the app and so I really want to encourage our listeners to get on their, their um, app store, whatever it may be and look for the Faith FM app because you can go and play all of your favourite programs. Faith FM Australia Faith FM Australia, thank and you Gary. Make sure you get the right one because you want to hear Australian voices, you don't want to hear the American uh, voices. In fact you know I've got that on my phone and I love it because uh, 
I actually Bluetooth my phone into my, my car and it's perfect reception everywhere uh, I go. And, uh, and you, you can know, listen to your own programs. No, I listen to other people's programs. Actually, I find uh, the breakfast program is a real ripper. It's it a real, and I would recommend that, uh, that program to, big uh, shout out to our guys in, uh, in North New South Wales there. Yeah. Yeah. And look, we've got so many studios popping up all around Australia. You know, we've got studios in Tasmania and we've got uh, some now in Canberra. Uh, we've got some on, uh, in North New South Wales. We've got uh, some up in uh, Townsville as well. Townsville. I believe. Not, la- not launched in programming yet, but there's a studio there that's being built. And on the, the Tablelands in New South and the best one in the whole country is located right here in Adelaide. Absolutely. I would agree a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, David, look, uh, uh, tell me something. Now, uh, this last weekend was a really heavy, uh, weekend, uh, for you. You've just been reappointed as the, the president of the, uh, of the Seventh day Adventist Church here in, uh, uh, here in South Australia. And that's a, that's a fantastic thing. I mean, to me, you've, you've worked hard over the last, uh, I think four years you've been here now. Uh, this is my sixth year. Sixth year. Yeah. And it, the time flies, uh, <laughs> No, look, it's, it, uh, yeah, I guess for, for people that might be listening, uh, the Seventh day Adventist Church works on a, a, um, you would probably know better than me, Gary, but it's, it's, I was going to say bottom up. It's not the right wording, but the, the power, if you like, or the decision making ultimately rests at, at the grassroots level. At the local church level. At the local church level. And at every other level, uh, it's all representative. Yeah. And so once every four years, uh, delegates from congregations come and they elect uh, different leaders and, and they vote on governance and strategies and all of those sorts of things. And so, yes, yeah, some of it is, is policy-based. Uh, others, other elements and key elements are also missional-based. Yeah, yeah. And, and, of course, David, today we are actually talking about this huge subject of, uh, of leadership because we're going to be talking about how can the believer, how could Elizabeth actually lead with such incredible, uh, incredible respect? But look, uh, let me just uh, let ask you, ask you, David. Uh, you've been in leadership now for a fair while, but what do you find as the the biggest challenges for Christian leaders today? Yeah, look, there's probably a few, and. Um Look, I, I think one of them, and there are many, and I'm not saying these, this is in any set order, and whether it's Christian leaders or leaders full stop in Australia, one of them is trust, and I guess I would add to that cynicism. Yeah, Australians typically, we, we are tall poppy syndrome, we like to pull people down, and uh, look, you know, I have my own political persuasive persuasion views when it comes to uh, federal politics or yeah, state yeah, yeah. politics generally although now I think lines are more blurred but uh, doesn't matter what party whether it's the coalition or whether it's labor um, you know my heart goes out to leaders yeah. I mean they, they make silly decisions they don't always get it right but anyone choosing to be in leadership um, I, I don't think particularly in public service leadership or not-for-profit leadership you most people are not in it uh, mm. for power or authority or fame or money. And even federal politics, I think, yeah. and state politics generally, um, there's, this, there's this service focus. Yes, yes. A- and um, I think, you know, I think there has to be accountability. There has to be transparency, all of those sorts of things. And people need to come up for review and, and all of those things and be questioned. But uh, it almost seems, certainly in the public sphere at least, that it's relentless and the media is not happy unless they find a story or pull someone down. Now, some of that 
flows across into we're all human beings. It flows across into other spheres of life, including uh, religious spheres at times. Mm-hmm. David, I appreciate what you're actually saying there. I mean, this, this issue of trust is absolutely key and vital. But, you know, to me, I combine that with, uh, I suppose, the contemporary desire to have immediate solutions. In other words, you know, there's a problem here. Uh, therefore, the leader is going to sort out the issue. And by a 6 p.m. news cycle tomorrow, uh, there's going to be a resolution to that particular uh, that particular issue, uh, you know. I mean, are you sensing that you know that fast pace, that expectation uh, is building on that uh, that other issue? Look, look, absolutely, there is, and I think too. I mean, even myself, you know, I put in long hours a week, and most people do. And when we send an email off, we are wanting a response. Even myself, I want a response from people quickly. There are times when people email me or try and contact me, and it might take a couple of days, at least yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Someone told me that uh, Charles Wesley, you know, this. Yeah, Incredible yeah. Methodist yeah. minister, the leader, yeah. the founder of the Methodist Church, um, that or John Wesley, and um, that you know he did all these incredible things. But what people forget was he would be in his horse and carriage. He wasn't in constant contact with uh, with a mobile phone that was buzzing or phoning him. Yeah. Yeah. So he had um, that downtime, if you like. There is no downtime now in our culture. Yeah, yeah. Look, that's so that's so real. Uh, thank you so much for that, David. Really appreciate it. Look, for our World Watch segment today, let me just come to an article that came actually from the Sydney Morning Herald. And uh, once again, we're talking this week about Elizabeth. Today, we're dealing with uh, uh, how can a believer lead with respect, uh, the sort of respect that uh, Queen Elizabeth certainly reigned with. And uh, this was an article uh, that uh, appeared in the Sydney Morning Herald. And uh, just uh, just a couple of days ago, and um, uh, it was entitled "Queen Elizabeth Served a Greater Monarch, the Heavenly Ruler." Now, I'd be interested to know, David, how you feel about you know whether this is a point because you know I mean is this a, a valid foundation? Yesterday we were talking about foundations. Is this a valid foundation? How important is this foundation uh, if in fact we're going to be quality leaders? The death of uh, Queen Elizabeth II last week count, uh, united. Countless people around the globe and in grief and loss. Uh, the person, the Queen of Australia, has been so present to us for so, uh, for some of us from our earliest memories that her death has an impact that we might not have expected or imagined. My childhood was filled with images of her in newspapers and magazines, especially in the accounts of uh, royal visits to Australia, in newsreel footage, the trooping of the colour before the screening of movies in local picture theatres through to singing it at my primary school daily assembly, those words that were forever etched into my memory that began, God save our gracious Queen. It's hardly surprising that all kinds of present and past griefs are stirred within us at the news of her death. Many people have observed how remarkable a leader the Queen was. And this is what we're talking about today. With her understated and effective manner, and in particular her combination of secular and Christian leadership, this was the case even before she became monarch. Princess Elizabeth early on reached a clarity in her resolve about how she would approach the duties she could then only distantly imagine. Her long life and commitment to her responsibilities gave ample evidence of this. In this, as she often observed, her Christian faith 
played a critical role. The explicitly Christian religious promises, anointing and ceremony of her coronation provided the framework for how she carried out her responsibilities for the rest of her life. The New Testament constantly points toward Jesus and his death on the cross as being the greatest example of love the world has ever known. Equally, the scriptures call us to see in the glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead the future for all who have found life in him. Christians are called to see that our future is a Christ-like future, suffering with him and rising with him. Our late Queen Elizabeth embraced this faith and lived... uh, lived its truth throughout her long years and in the many changes and challenges they brought. She knew that even in her exalted position, she served a greater monarch, the heavenly ruler and creator of us all. This accountability before God surely sits behind much of what we admire about her. Grief often stirs other memories of others whose death has left us with an empty part in our life, of our own disappointments and hurts, or our own anxieties and our own personal mortality. We should not be surprised if mourning the Queen awakens such emotions now and over the days ahead. Queen Elizabeth's life of public service is best understood within the framework of her Christian faith, the long mutual development of Christianity and constitutional democracy offers fruitful grounds for reflection as we continue to forge our future direction as Australians. You know, as I read that, David, I sort of thought, hey, that's a powerful statement because indeed the uh, the Queen certainly had a foundation there uh, that's an incredibly powerful foundation for all that she was able to build throughout her life. But David, look, you know, you're a Christian leader also. To what extent do you, do you see that foundation, the, the, the Christian foundation as key to uh, all that uh, uh, the Queen was able to accomplish. A very interesting topic, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, you've picked this up uh, out, of, out of the newsreels, etc., uh, and uh, the newswires, but I haven't heard a lot about this in the, you know, I've heard of her devotion to Christianity and all those sorts of things and the ceremony and the pomp, but ha- yeah, I, I realise she wasn't a politician, she wasn't a government leader, uh, she was part of the Crown and was the Crown, uh, but to serve 70 years in the role, uh, with the world undergoing so much change, and, and she was, what, 25, I think, uh, mm. when she became Queen, and that was uh, before she expected to, with the death of her father, uh, I don't see how you could be in that position, realising it's not uh, where elections come and go and and leaders can be thrown out or or, or continue on. You can't see significant change, turmoil and strife that she saw throughout her monarchy, with throughout her reign, without, I don't think, a a greater underpinning, a greater foundation. Mm. And, um, yeah, to me, reflecting on this, it's, it's like... You know, as a leader at any level, you can feel pressure upon yourself that you have to have the answers, that there is a lot resting on you. And as a monarch, uh, you know, I never got to meet the Queen, probably like, you know, almost 25 million Australians, but um, I never got to meet the Queen. But um, 
there did seem to be this foundational, this resolve that was there, uh, this uh, a level of assurance and peace that gave the, the, the United Kingdom a sense of stability and, mm. and hope. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. you can't have that, I don't believe, ultimately, without a Christian background. Indeed, indeed. You know, I think that having that level of strength, because there are some issues that we all go through, there are certain things that we all face where it just leaves our heads spinning. You know, Lord, how am I going to get out of this particular issue? You know, I'm, I'm struggling, you know, and I, I find even, you know, even at my age, I, I find, hey, there are issues that you face that you, you just really struggle with. You don't see, clearly see, but to have a strength outside of yourself is something that is uh, just incredible fulfilling you know I sort of understand why you know the queen at her um, uh, at her marriage to uh, to Prince Philip uh, she uh, she had a, a song uh, it was actually the 23rd Psalm we're actually going to dig into this one at our, on our program tomorrow uh, the, the 23rd Psalm we call it the Shepherd Psalm it was uh, sung again at her memorial service in Scotland uh, it was uh, sung and preached again at uh, at her uh, funeral service in, in London uh, this particular song actually became the theme of her life. And we're going to pick it up tomorrow. We're going to play it a couple of times, actually, So make tomorrow. sure you tune in oh, tomorrow, yeah, yeah. This, uh, this one's really important, this one tomorrow. But the way it starts, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm going any further than that because, you know, tomorrow the lads are going to uh, really dig into that, uh, to that particular psalm. But the, I can say... I can have peace. I can lay down in quiet waters. Why? Because I've got somebody stronger than myself who is there to be able to support me. And you know, in the life that I live, in the life that most of us are living today, if ever there's a time when we need somebody stronger than ourselves to put their arm around us and to say, hey, I'm here with you. And this is, this is the brilliant thing about a relationship with God. Uh, one of the brilliant things is that, and if you're in leadership at whatever level, if you're a leader, if you, if you're a, a parent in a home, uh, if you're working in a local church in a various capacity as a volunteer or whatever it may be, even in your profession, to know that ultimately someone has the answers, yeah. to know that ultimately someone has control, that someone knows the future, that someone knows the outcome. Yeah. Uh, when we rely on God, we can cast those cares upon him. Now, I don't know. I'm human. Uh, well, I do know I'm human, and other people know it too, right? But but uh, And there are times where we forget that, where we think that, no, we have have to have the answer. Mm, mm, mm. Well, you know, and that is so, you know, that is so much part of our generation. You know, we've got to be so self-assured and we've got to be able to give an immediate answer to be able to say, hey, look, I really don't know. Uh, you know, I think of one of the kings of the Old Testament, you know, uh, he was the king of, he was the king of Israel and he, he, he prayed a prayer and in his prayer he says, Lord, we, I do not know what to do. And I sort of thought a number of times, hey, if a politician today stood up and said, well, I don't know what to do. Can you imagine what would happen at his next election? That'd be cast out, because wouldn't it? This guy wins a mighty victory because he simply said, I'm going to rely uh, on the, the power of the, of the God of heaven. But, David, look, let's come to some, uh, some music. Uh, indeed, uh, the song we're going to hear is Someone is Praying for You. This is uh, uh, Jamie Seneca, and uh, this is a wonderful uh, little message uh, that's involved in, uh, in this song. And remember, someone is praying for you uh, because uh, in uh, in. John's Gospel, Jesus himself prayed for all believers. Jesus prayed, 
and we are praying for you. Someone is praying for you. Please enjoy uh, Jamie uh, Sanico uh, with the beautiful thoughts of uh, of this song.
and that is someone is praying for you. You know, isn't it wonderful? I really appreciate uh, Jeremy, and uh, of course, Jeremy lives here in South Oz. It's great to uh, to have her sharing, and uh, a big shout out if uh, she is actually listening to us uh, to us today. What beautiful words that uh, that song really does in convey you know every now and then uh, isn't it nice to know that there is somebody else uh, that's praying for you now look folks we do have our giveaway book today his uh in fact all this week is a real beauty to build a life uh, from blue point from blueprint to turnkey and it's based around the uh, uh most marvelous passage of scripture i know the plans that i have for you declares the lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future. You know, that's what the scriptures actually do. I love uh, this particular passage of scripture. And guys, uh, this book is entitled Build Life by uh, Luke Herriman uh, from Blue Pint, Blue Print uh, right through to turnkey. How do I build my life? And uh, that key, that key text uh, is heart and center of uh, of this particular book, guys. Look, if you'd like, this is a very positive. This is one of those books that will lift you up. If you would like your own copy of uh, To Build a Life, then all you need to do is to text us here at, at our Drive Time Studio oh four triple eight. 80811. That number again is 04888 And all you need to do is to give us the code. And the code is SA73, SA73, no gaps or anything. Well, it just has four letters in a row, SA73. And, uh, uh, and that'll go directly through to our robot. And our robot's called Pilgrim. And, uh, our robot Pilgrim, he'll contact you and uh, he'll get some details off you so that uh, we can get this book to you in the fastest possible way. It's a real ripper of a book to build a life SA73 and that uh, phone number again is 0488 11 and also if you've got any comments or questions uh, you can use that same text number uh, to make contact with us uh, here at our studio now we want to say a big, really big shout out too to one of our um, uh, to one of our uh, listeners at the at the present time they've actually just uh, sent us a comment we were talking about the uh, uh, the uh, uh, faith FM app that you can get at your app store and uh, and uh, and uh, this this listener said I thoroughly recommend the faith FM app are so good to have it on long trips or just to listen at times during the day always nice to have positive and uplifting content to listen to really appreciate uh, that's uh, uh, that comes right here from uh, uh, another of our listeners here in South Oz and thank you so much for uh, uh, for sharing that uh, and, uh, and then I followed that up with you can also play the station via your Google Home. Yeah, it's very true. You can do that exactly right as well. Uh, guys, look, it's really, I can't emphasize this enough. You know, if you don't have the Faith FM app downloaded onto your phone, uh, you are really missing something incredibly, uh, incredibly good. Uh, now, welcome back. Uh, you are listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. And today our co-host is Pastor David Butcher, and David's the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz and uh, this week we're following the theme Elizabeth spiritual lessons from a contemporary queen and today we're looking at how can the believer lead with the sort of respect 
effect uh, that uh, that she had. Now, uh, David, we've already noticed that you're a leader yourself. You've just been re-elected. You've been here now for, for six years. And in many ways, each of us are also leaders. You know, some of us are employers. Others are parents. You know, some of us are pastors. In, in one way or another, we are all um, Christian leaders. Now, how do we actually lead with respect as a leader? Help us out. How do we lead with respect? What does um, Queen Elizabeth teach us in an anti-establishment world? Yeah, look, really good, Gary. Really good question. And um, look, look, I think there are a number of things... Uh, and I think there are some, when we look at the, the monarchy, there'd be some things that we say may not match with Christianity. However, let me touch on some of the things that may be some parallels to good Christian leadership uh, that, that was seen in the late monarch Queen Elizabeth II. First of all, I'd suggest that wise leaders exercise restraint and uh um, I was going to say, with the monarchy, we never saw a lot of excesses. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, Queen Elizabeth, you, you would hardly ever hear, hear, hear her. I think there was one or two conversations where she was overheard. But she was someone that was very particular with what she said. She was measured. She uh, didn't lash out. Uh, she chose her words she sought to so under criticism in particular because so often we think of you know excess as you know i mean a financial setting but so often leaders uh, do get criticized in some way look they do and, and as you're talking there i'm thinking and we shouldn't mix politics in with this should we but the outgoing or the the, the prime minister of great britain that is no longer um you know there was all sorts of scandals and uh, potentially well there was lack of restraint even during mm. the covert lockdowns that, mm. that he exhibited but the queen for 70 years uh, has been a lady where by and large uh in how she spoke and how she acted it, it seemed very hard to find fault with her and even mm. perhaps on issues that she may have had strong opinions on mm. uh, she was measured in what she said so I think that's one characteristic another one is uh, influence and example uh, are more than it, uh, more more enduring than power and uh, I really like this one because you know I guess the queen um, she's the monarch uh, the the uh, what do you call it, the, the fighting services of the nation are at her disposal, if you like. But um, in one sense, the power lay in government. Mm. And so here she is, the monarch, uh, and they have power. And, and we know with politics that uh, power can be uh, misused and mishandled or it can be used for good. It can be very corrupting, can't it? Yeah, and, and so in a Christian setting, and every Christian organisation will have a different structure, but as I explained in our denomination, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, it is a grassroots level. There is accountability at every level and you're held accountable by your constituents, uh, by the people uh, within your area, if you like, mm. that, that you mm. lead. And you're responsible to them and you know, in my role, I'm not a, a CEO exactly, not at all. Uh, basically, it's leadership by influence, and there is a lot of accountability. And the Queen was accountable. She uh, showed restraint, and she led by influence. And her influence uh, lingers longer and will be more enduring than a Prime Minister that uh, brings about Brexit or whatever. Mm, mm. 
Yeah, no, look, well, I, I really appreciate what you're actually saying there. Is there anything, you know, okay, in the Bible even, you know, I mean, does this link anything to, into the Scriptures at all? Yeah, look, absolutely. Look, just from the life of Jesus, actually, Gary, you know, I want to talk about, if we have time, Nehemiah, and I'd encourage people to read the life of Nehemiah. There are so many leadership attributes there, and again, even thinking of, of Daniel, uh, this... Uh, Old Testament prophet that uh, became a prime minister in two different world empires. Uh, so there are so many examples of leadership. But if we go to the Gospel of Mark, and I want to pull out a few here, a few mm. different key points of Christian leadership. In Mark 3, verses 7 to 8, it says, Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great crowd followed from Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and in Jumea, and from beyond the Jordan, and from around Tyre and Sidon. When the great crowd heard all that he was doing, they came to him. So I guess first leadership point is that reputation in the community matters. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> we know that if there are issues with reputation, uh, particularly in public life, they, they will always come out. They will always come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A- and so Jesus had this incredible reputation. A- and even though he withdrew with his disciples in- into a, like a desolate area, people heard, people knew, and people came. Why? Because he was of good reputation. And that to me is so important, you know, because so often today we hear of accountability and accountability is actually important. But accountability is normally linked to, uh, hey, the, uh, you know, the commission that's going to be established in parliament or the, uh, uh, you know, some outside body is going to hold me accountable. But, you know, increasingly I'm conscious that within the word of God, what you've got is a level of accountability that's called personal accountability. In other words, the scriptures actually call me to be accountable personally to the almighty god exactly and and you think of accountability and it's a good word and it's appropriate right but you think of accountability it's something that may be imposed on us or something we have to do yeah. whereas reputation is something that is innate and it's going to either be good or it's going to be poor yeah, yeah. A- and so Christian reputation reputation matters full stop but if you claim the label of being a Christian and it's more than just a label when yeah. it's worn properly yeah. when you claim to be a Christian uh, your witness your what you say what you do your actions will rise or fall on your reputation and I think that's why I mean David the I, I think it's what the third commandment there that says you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain now so often we think of that as being uh, you know you shall not blaspheme you shall not swear in the name of name of Christ and that's undoubtedly got that uh, that particular connotation but to me we actually take on ourselves when we accept Jesus Christ we take on ourselves the name of Jesus Christ. And what that commandment says is, I don't, do not take on yourself uh, the name of the Lord your God in vain. In other words, if you're going to walk as a Christian, you're actually being called to walk as a Christian. This is really important, Gary, because, um, you, you know, um, people will judge Christianity by how they see us. Mm. If we are hypocritical, if we are backbiters, if all of these sorts of things slander, slander us, this is how Jesus will be viewed. And Jesus is called the head of the church. Uh, the church is the body. And, and um, you know, you go to some um, theme parks or some other sorts of places and, uh, you know, like the big banana or the big pineapple or whatever. And I know, um, you know, one of the places I ministered in was the Riverland area in Victoria and, and they had a big orange 
uh, and uh, they had a uh, you know we love big things in Australia. We do. Don't we, we? Had, we do. We had this wooden cut out of an orange, you know, and and you put your head through in a certain spot. Or I know Luna Park in Sydney, I've been to, and there was this cut out of a, a large pregnant woman uh, that painted with a cut out where the face was holding a baby, and a cut out where the face for the baby was, and you know you put your head through the hole in the cut out and you take a photo, and it looks all wrong. Mm. distorted if you like and so Jesus is the head of the church we're the body and if we are distorted if there is something that doesn't add up if if something is smelly so to speak you know then people will see it and it gives a bad impression on Jesus so reputation and that's what the media actually picks up on, isn't it? You know, that's I mean, what they're looking it only, for. only takes uh, uh, two or three, particularly if they're significant people within the Christian congregation, to do something. And media picks up on it, and all of Christianity, you know, this is what Christianity is like. Well, of course, it's not what Christianity is like, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And the Bible, Revelation, talks about his Jesus's followers having their father's name on their yeah, foreheads. Yeah. Now, this is not name of Jesus. This is his character, mm. and. and so so our character, our reputation, uh, will be an external advertisement of whether Jesus is good or whether he is bad, whether Christianity is good or whether it's corrupt. In other words, leadership must be based on a uh, on a reputation that is uh, that is thoroughly. Christ-centered. In fact, you know, to me, one of the most powerful passages of Scripture. In fact, it's fast becoming a, you know, a real. Well, it's been a favorite of mine for many years. Philippians chapter two says this: Let nothing be done through selfish ambition. And when you put this into a leadership context, this is so powerful. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Now, if I'm a Christian leader, this is talking to me, and it's saying. And Christ was the ultimate leader. Let esteem others as better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and became as a bondservant. You know, let this mind, to me, David, this is such a powerful injunction. You know, to me, this is challenging to all of us who actually work in leadership. It, it, absolutely. And for me, Gary, it's talking about servant leadership. Yeah. Talking about servant leadership because, and this is another, I think, um, corollary, is that the word, with Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, she said on her 21st birthday, while she was still Princess Elizabeth, she said, I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service. Yeah. And Scripture tells us that Jesus didn't come uh, to be served, but to serve. He came to give his life as a ransom for many. Yeah. His whole life, his whole leadership was based on servant leadership. In, in John chapter 13, we see it clearly, what you've read in Philippians chapter 2, where Jesus humbled himself, he lowered himself mm. to the point of a servant. Well, this is what happens in John 13 mm. uh, on the uh, Last Supper. He takes off his outer garments, he does the work of a servant, he gets on his knees, he gets takes puts a towel around his waist, and he washes the dirt and the grime and the, and the, the dust off his followers' feet because they wouldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the creator of the universe, Gary. Oh, and this is what's so powerful. And when you think about it, I mean, uh, I mean, Christ took it to the ultimate extent. In fact, even 
Queen Elizabeth on a number of occasions, I actually start, particularly towards the end there, I started to feel really sorry for her. And I have to admit, just a few times I did comment to my wife, I said, look, why doesn't she retire? Give it over to Charles, for goodness sake, you know, because, you know, particularly, you know, because I, 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 I'm a person who, I mean, I visit people in aged care facilities. I'm, you know, my own parents uh, passed away in their late 80s. I know the struggles of, uh, of age that you know that our, our senior population deal with it it can get incredibly challenging uh, as my own mum used to say getting old uh, gary is not for sissies she used to say but you know david we've got a you know queen elizabeth she went into her well into her 90s and she is still involved in service. Two days before her death she was, and her life had one purpose, to serve. And this matches that of Jesus. He came, uh, uh, Matthew twenty twenty eight says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So a Christian leader will be a leader that is a servant leader, that is a leader that will serve others. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's powerful, David. Look, let's come to some music, guys. Uh, this is uh, Faith First. I had this uh, song yesterday, but to me it's a fantastic theme uh, for this uh, for this particular uh, subject, uh, where there is faith. This is, uh, this is Faith First. Uh, please, please enjoy. Yeah. 
beautiful song that uh, that is uh, really appreciate that uh, folks our giveaway book again today is the book uh, to build a life uh, if ever you've wanted encouragement for I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future uh, Jeremiah 29 11 and that is text is actually written I know on so many uh, graduation cards so many uh, cards of encouragement uh, that's the text people go to and that's actually the theme of this particular book. Now, guys, if you would like some encouragement, uh, just sit down. It's a short book. It's not a long book. Uh, to Build a Life is uh, what it's in, entitled. And uh, we're happy to send this to you uh, at uh, at absolutely no cost. Now, if you'd like a copy of the book, all you need to do is to text us here at the studio. That number again is 04888-808-11. And the code, of course, is SA73. Uh, and together, if you've got any comments or thoughts you'd like to make as well, you can do that as well on that same number, 04888-80811. And if you would like the book, then SA73, and that will trigger our robot uh, called Pilgrim. And uh, Pilgrim will ask you for a bit of information so that we can get this book to you in the fastest way possible. Uh, now you are listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. And today our co-host is Pastor David Butcher and David's the prayers of the uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz. Uh, now this week we're following the theme, Elizabeth, spiritual lessons from a contemporary queen. And today we're looking at how can a believer uh, lead with the sort of respect that she had. Uh, David, really appreciate uh, all that you've actually shared so far. Now we've got about, uh, uh, about eight minutes. Uh, bring it together for us. You look great, Gary. So many um, different examples of what spiritual leadership would look like. But we've talked about reputation. We've talked about being a servant leader. Uh, We've encouraged people to look at the life of Nehemiah. 
uh, on leadership. But let's stick with Jesus, I think, mm-hmm. with the time we have. So the next one I want to talk about, Gary, would be that leaders remain calm when storms approach. And uh, Jesus is our model. Here's what we should aspire to. And I know that that's not always the case uh, with any of us, is it? But Jesus was different. Uh, it says in Mark four thirty-five to 39, On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Mm. So I guess one of the important characteristics uh, of a good leader, a Christian leader, is that um, even when life and the situation is chaotic, that in the midst of all of that, that um, your faith can and your constance can be a mirror to other people, instead of being tossed to and fro, we might say by every wind mm. of doctrine, or whatever might be arising, that there is a level of calmness and stability, knowing that Jesus is ultimately the commander and we are not. Mm. And we spoke about that before. Yeah, and, and you know, David, one of the things I'm conscious about is that, you know, if I go to Galatians chapter 5, you know, to me it's a beautiful passage of Scripture because there it talks about the thing called the fruit of the Spirit. You know, sometimes I sort of, I hear people say, hey, look, you know, how can I well up, you know, the sort of peace that Jesus had. You know, I read in uh, Galatians chapter 5 that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. You know, love, joy, peace. You know, the sort of peace that you're talking about, peace in times of trouble, is something that you can't actually uh, engender. You can't whip up a peace from inside of you. It actually only comes, doesn't it, from the... From the in- Ex- external source. From an external source. And ultimately, true peace comes from God. So knowing that you don't have to be reliant on yourself, there is another. Um, you know, Daniel's three friends, there was another in the fire. It was Jesus, the Son of God, in the fire with them. They could have that peace in a time of crisis. So good leadership, uh, being calm in the storm. Another one, Gary, I would suggest is delegation. And um, this is an area that I um, am, am growing in and need to continue to grow in as a leader. Uh, Jesus was a great delegator. In fact, if you look at the, the book of Matthew, um, his ministry, his public ministry, up until the end of chapter 9, everything that occurred was done by Jesus. Mm. This is the Gospel of Matthew. After chapter 9, in chapter 10, he calls the disciples to himself and he, he then appoints them as apostles and sends them. Mm. In, in Matthew 10... Uh, they then begin to put into practice what they've seen. And this is actually the key to building a team because if you're able to mentor – you know, if you you know, you start to get something uh, happening uh, when I'm actually able to build up uh, other other people. Well, yeah, it, it's it's multiplying leadership. So before Jesus went into towns, people would go in before him. Yeah. You know, he had the 12, he had the 70, uh, and we know in the upper room uh, after his resurrection there were about 120. So delegation is critically important. Yeah. We, we find in the book of Acts, chapter 6, they appointed deacons mm. uh, because of this very fact. So delegation, uh, 
Mark 6, 7, and he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits. The, another one I would suggest is uh, be all in. Be all in to something. Commit wholeheartedly. And, and in Mark 10, 21, it says, And Jesus looking at him, this is the rich young ruler, Jesus looking at him loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come follow me. So Jesus didn't do anything in half measures. And he calls us, he calls any Christian, and particularly Christian leaders, to live by the same way. Uh, when it comes to following him, we need to make an entire commitment of ourselves uh, to, to Jesus Christ. It's not half and half. Mm. And sadly, that rich young man went away because he, he wanted heaven on earth rather than the treasure that Jesus was offering. And if you think about it, he was the only disciple. I mean, Jesus actually called him to be a disciple. And uh, he actually turned it down. You know, it's the only record we've got in the entire scriptures of someone being called to be a disciple and him turning it down. And why did he turn it around? Down because he was a rich man. Yeah. And and this is not to say rich people can't be followers of yeah, Jesus. Yeah. We know that Nicodemus and we know that uh, Simon of Arimathea, Joseph of Arimathea, sorry, were, were both wealthy. Mm. But it uh, there can be barriers. Yeah. A- another aspect, Gary, I would suggest is prayer. You know, everything is built on prayer. And if we look at the life of Jesus, and uh, I'm, I'm looking here at Luke chapter 6, verse 12, and it says, Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountainside to pray and continued all night in prayer. In Luke six thirteen and 14, the very next verses after that, so he spends all night in prayer. The very next verses is when he calls the disciples and, and, and to himself. He, he brings the team together. Mm. So before any critical decision, in fact, it was a daily part of his life, yeah. prayer was key. In other words, what we see again is that we have a leader who is prepared to call on a power greater than themselves uh, for strength and energy. And you know, to me, there's an incredible lesson inside of that because, uh, you know, if I have a really busy day, uh, if I know there's some significant things that are coming up in my life, then hey, I've got to work harder to make it happen. Uh, whereas mm. Christ's method was totally different. He turned around and said, no, I don't actually need to work harder. What I need is greater power. Exactly. And in, in, you get this in the Gospels in, in, in Matthew 9. Uh, 37, 38, it says, you know, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Mm. So we would think we need to work harder. But he says, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out more laborers. Yeah, yeah. And, um, that's, and there is, in that, you actually get increased power. And to me, there's an incredible lesson in that for the Christian church uh, today. You know, we have an amazing message to actually share with the uh, with the whole world that we've actually that we have been given. You know, I, I think right now we're actually uh, facing a time where uh, Christ is actually coming again. And uh, to me, all the signs are certainly talking on that very reality. And as I look at that, I, I turn around. And say, how is it possible to actually uh, share this uh, with the entire world? Maybe a, a better strategic plan, uh, maybe harder work. Well, they contribute a little, but the, the, the biblical method is greater power. It is, and we know that in, in various stages, you and I have spoken about this, when the early church started, it, it started in 
in in a room, in a house, in multiple times in in Acts Acts one, they're praying together. In Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit comes on them. In Acts four and three and four, you have the same thing. So often we put prayer at the bottom of the list because we can do that any time, or it's inconsequential. Yeah, yeah. It's the opposite. It way is around. exactly the opposite. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you right now. I want to say thank you for being the God who gives all things. Lord, thank you for being the God who's saved us. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for giving us the word in the scriptures. Uh, Lord, but uh, thank you also for giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for giving us strength for the times when we are weak. Uh, Lord, I just pray for our uh, friends, uh, the, someone who might be listening to us right now. They're, uh, they're dealing with an issue. Maybe it's a health issue, a relationship issue, a financial issue. Uh, Lord, it's an issue that's too big for them. Uh, Lord, I just pray you are the almighty God. You are the all-powerful God. Uh, Lord, I just pray uh, that you might add your power to their limited power. Uh, Lord, that indeed they might be able to walk on stormy waters. Father, we thank you for promising uh, that you would do this. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary, Pastor David Butcher on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Ricardo are going to be looking at the significance of a psalm and a hymn that was sung at Queen Elizabeth's funeral and at her wedding. What really is it saying? How relevant is it to us today? Really look forward uh, to being with you then. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.